Hey everyone, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. This episode is part of the Scary Stories by U.S. States. If you missed the older episodes, click on the eye icon on the top right of the video or in the description below. I would love to see this channel grow. So if you could hit that subscribe button and share my videos with family and friends, we can grow this channel together. Time to loosen up, turn on your nightlights, and whatever you do, don't let that monster inside your house get you. Now please enjoy this episode titled Triple Dose of True Scary Stories from Arkansas. Story 1 My story takes place about two years ago in a very small town named Paris, Arkansas. My little family and I moved to this town about a year after living with my parents in another small town called Nashville, Arkansas, about three hours away. This house was owned by my husband's grandpa. He offered the place for us to live. At first, my brother-in-law and his two friends went and then we followed two weeks later. I was excited, finally a place to call my own. On our departure day from my parents, we packed, cried, and said our goodbyes. My siblings all helped us pack and moved our things to the new house. Three hours later, pulling up to the dirt road, I felt goosebumps but thought really nothing of it. Although, I did have the most beautiful view. Our house was at the end of a super long road, and the open field was beautiful green farmland. I wanted to go back home, and I miss my parents. Well, I have no choice. I'm a grown woman, and I have a family of my own. Two older girls and a set of twins, one boy, one girl. As time passed, I still had the creeps about the house especially when my husband worked his graveyard shift in a town 40 minutes away. This time, however, my husband was home and we threw a party. For this one night, the scariest thing happened. It was barely nightfall and our guests left the house after hanging out and barbecuing outside. I took my son to his room. He's the elder twin and was about a year old at this time. And out of nowhere, my son grabs my arm and starts crying. My son starts pointing to the corner of the room. I was spooked so I yelled for my husband and he came and grabbed my son. I was scared and shaken at this point. I had no idea what to do. I had no choice but to call my parents and I felt terrible because I knew that they were asleep because they had to work early in the morning. I called and my mom picked up. She can tell that something was wrong by my shaky voice, so I explained to her what happened. She asked me if we went anywhere strange lately, and if we did, did we remember to call my son's spirit home? I told her I don't recall anything because I didn't really go anywhere strange. At this point, my son was still crying and pointing. He wanted to come to me, so my husband handed him over to me. However, it seemed like my son knew that my spirit was not strong enough to fight this thing. So he cried and wanted to go back to his dad. So I gave him back to my husband. Anyways, 
My mom told me to burn a candle and to find a red string or a white cloth and place it in front of the house and to call for my son's spirit to come back home. And yes, we are believers in shamanism. After we did as instructed, my son still didn't stop. So my husband contacted his family in Fresno, California. His side of the family is really big on tradition. His dad told him that it might be spirits of old owners living in the house, but he didn't really tell us what to do. So I ringed my parents back, and my dad tells me to tell my husband to take some water, say a prayer to bless it, put it in his mouth, and spray it over my son, yelling for the evil spirit to go away. We did just that, but that too didn't work. If anything, it seemed to make my son more scared. With my parents back on the phone, my dad says, There's only one more thing you can do. Grab a handful of incense without counting. Light them, walk them through the house and every room, and say, All of you bad spirits, get out of this house. We are here and we are the new family. This is no longer a place for you to stay. You must leave this dwelling. I did as instructed by my dad and repeatedly said this while walking through the house with burning sticks of incense and ending at the front of the door. Once I reached the front of the door, I yelled out at the top of my lungs for the spirits to leave us alone. Shortly after that, my son stopped crying and stopped pointing to that corner of the room. He fell fast asleep, and now I was relieved. But I'm super scared and paranoid of this house. Not too long after, everybody went to sleep. The next morning, my husband asked me why I didn't wake up to help him. He was screaming and screaming for me to get up and help him, but I didn't move an inch. I then asked him why, and he said, I saw it. I saw the thing that was grabbing our son. It came to me because it wasn't happy that I kicked it out. It kept grabbing at my leg, and I thought maybe it was our son that fell off the bed. So I rolled over to pull him up, but I felt this tiny arm, all skinny and cold. I couldn't see the face, though the arm was tiny. It was super strong. This entity was pulling at my leg and kept telling me to leave this house as if I didn't belong in it. So I just kept kicking it and fighting this tiny thing and screaming for you to wake up, but you wouldn't. It felt like hours and I just kept kicking this entity until it finally gave up because I sure wasn't going to. Then somehow I was able to touch you and that's how you woke up. All that I told him was that I didn't hear anything, and I asked him if he was for real. Just by the look of his face, I knew he wasn't lying. A month later, everything went back to normal. To come to think of it, especially this house, I questioned myself, why didn't my husband's grandpa live here? I remember one time when an old couple pulled up to our house and asked us where the cemetery was because their GPS led them to where our house was. We later moved out to California.
Story 2 My friend's family used to live in the woods near Eureka Springs, Arkansas. My friend's uncle was the oldest of the three kids and was allowed to explore the woods on his own, even though he was only nine years old. One day, he came across a little cottage nestled in the woods. He knocked on the door and was greeted by two old ladies. He promptly asked for some water, as he has been exploring for hours. The ladies invited him in and gave him milk and cookies. He sat down and talked with them while he pet their white cat. They talked for some time and they eventually invited him to stay for dinner and spend the night because it was getting dark and he was ways from home. His parents were pretty used to him being in the woods for nights without coming back, so he accepted their invitation without question. He spent the night without incident and returned home the next morning. He visited them many more times over the year, and one day they told him to bring his parents and brothers the next time he came. So the next week, the whole family embarked on the long trek to the cottage. When they arrived, however, they found the remains of a small cottage that appeared to be abandoned for years. Everyone was very confused, as they all trusted that my friend's uncle had visited the woman many times. They had absolutely no idea what happened, or if my friend's uncle had even been visiting anybody. To make things even weirder, when they were leaving, an old, skinny, white cat ran past them, darting into the trees, leaving them in utter shock. Story 3 In 2013, I moved into an apartment in Alma, Arkansas. I'm not sure if this had anything to do with it, but the apartment complex was right next to a very old graveyard. A little history on this apartment complex. I have lived there three times now, before in 2003, 2006, and 2009. All three times, I got the same one-bedroom apartment, number 208. It was always the only one bedroom available. Each time, I would have strange things happening there. The first time, cabins would open. Things would be in different places. And sometimes, when I take a shower and I close my eyes, I'd see the bathroom and the shower covered in blood and blood coming out of the shower. I'd open my eyes and everything would be normal. The first time I lived there, stuff intrigued me. I only moved out to move in with my girlfriend. So Alma, Arkansas has very few options for apartments. And in 2006, when my girlfriend and I split up, I had to go back to the same apartment complex. And lo and behold, the exact day of the split with my girlfriend. The people living in 208 moved suddenly and for the second time I got the same apartment as my first time. It seemed a little weird but 
I just wrote it off as a coincidence. This time around, things were worse. I'd hear movements in my closet and living room at night. The shower visions were more intense. And also, this was the year that the laughing children incident happened to me. This is a story for another time. And as I was living here second time around, I began to experience sleep paralysis. My first sleep paralysis was terrifying. I was laying asleep next to my girlfriend and about 1am I heard the DVD rack in the living room fall and a lot of DVD crashing onto the floor. I was still half asleep when I looked towards my bedroom door which I kept shut and on this night I had accidentally left my bathroom door open. I could see the light under my door but as I turned my head to the direction of the noise and I was about to holler out, who's there? I hear running footsteps like a little kid. Then I see the shadow of feet at the base of my bedroom door from the bathroom light. Then I saw the feet shadow go from being on the other side of the door to being on my side of the door. This time, no filler shadow just the feet, and in a blink of an eye, they moved from the door to my chest and disappeared. This all happened so fast that I hadn't been able to move or speak. But after seeing the shadow feet on my chest, I turned over to shake my girlfriend awake, but I couldn't move my arms. So I tried to say her name again, but I couldn't speak. So in a panic, I tried to sit up but I couldn't move at all. My eyes began to get heavy, and in a second, I was dreaming of a shadow holding me down, covering my mouth. I fought and widened my eyes, and it was still there. I was finally able to make a noise, but it was just a raspy, pitiful help, and that was barely a whisper. And I am able to slightly move my finger and touch my girlfriend. It was enough. And she opens her eyes and asks me, what is wrong? I let out my pitiful help again as I widen my eyes in fear at my chest. My girlfriend starts shaking me and when I don't respond, she slaps me. In an instant, the shadow is gone and I'm awake, able to move. My girlfriend says that she never heard the DVDs crashing and didn't see the shadow. The DVDs were still on the rack when I went to check the living room. My girlfriend witnessed and pulled me out of three more sleeping paralysis episodes over the past few months because it all freaked her out so bad. And then I moved out. Fast forward to 2009, I had married in 2007 and had a son the same year and a daughter in 2009 with my wife. But my wife and I split. I needed a place to stay. And once again, I go back to the same apartment complex. I couldn't afford any better. Once again for the third time, the only open apartment is 208. But I don't want to be homeless. So I asked the landlord if I move into 208, can it be temporary? And if another apartment opens up, 
He has to let me know so I can take it. He says yes, and I move in. But after two weeks of bloody visions, noises, and two more sleep paralysis, I move out and stay with family. My wife and I get back together, but in 2013, we split for good, and we get split custody, and I needed a local place to live. Because this time I needed a two-bedroom apartment, and knowing that there's no chance of getting apartment 208 because it's a one-bedroom apartment, I go back to the complex and ended up getting 210, which is right next to 208. The even number apartments are on the second floor and the odd ones are on the bottom. 210 was the only one available. Two-bedroom apartment, so I had to take it. To tell myself, at least it's not 208. One night, I'm in my room and it's 2.30 in the morning. And I hear my kids banging toys around, giggling in their room. I hear their TV come on, and it wakes me up. Irritated, I call out, You kids are supposed to be asleep. Don't make me ground you. The banging and the giggling stop. But I could still hear the TV going. I get up and walk to their shut door, still half asleep. And I said, Okay, kiddo, I told you to go back to... As I began opening their door, it occurs to me that my kids are at their mom's. I had taken them back to her the evening before. A chill runs down my body as I slowly push the door open to see toys scattered all over and a cartoon playing on the TV. I turned the light on, unplugged the TV, then bolted to the living room shutting their door right behind me. I turn on all the lights in the apartment and I sit up on edge all night. Nothing else like this happens, but the next week, while my kids were there, I'd catch my three-year-old daughter Alexis talking to someone when my six-year-old son wasn't around her. So I asked her who she was talking to and she replied, My friend's old mom. Her kids got burned up, so she's nice to me because I look like her little girl. I immediately called her mom and asked her what she's been watching over there. But her mom says, just her cartoons. I once again got a chill down my entire body. My son never saw what Alexis saw. Over the next few months, my little girl continues to talk to and about old mom. Sometimes he'd be pointing behind me, telling me that old mom is watching me, and to make sure I'm a good daddy. Very creepy. Over the past few years, my little girl has gotten to like spooky stuff, and is fascinated by scary shows and movies. But at this point in time, she was only three, and had never seen scary stuff. So I was getting concerned, and she also had a hard time sleeping. Then one night, I was reading a kid's book called The Monster in My Closet to my kids as they lay in bed. I was sitting in a chair next to her bed. 
at the end of the book is a page that says for the kids reading it to draw the monster in their closet. And this gave me an idea. I told my daughter to draw old mom for me. She sits up. I give her a pencil and the book. My daughter then says, Can you move, daddy? She's behind you and I can't see her. I scoot away and my little girl looks in the direction where I sat before. Then looks down, draws a little, looks up again, then draws some more and continues to do this until she finishes. She hands me the picture. I look at it and I begin to tremble and my heart races. That weekend, we moved to an apartment in the next town over. Some may say that it was her imagination and she just made up the drawing, but she was only three. I believe if she made it up, she wouldn't have taken her eyes off the paper as she drew, but she kept looking up as she drew. And that tells me she was looking at old mom the whole time while drawing her. You will know why we moved after seeing this drawing. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. Again, if you haven't, please check out my other episodes and subscribe to my channel. Until then, see you in the next episode.